0: But I, I, I'm coining a new term, which I am calling Deus Ex sequel setup. We basically introduce, a, we'll just call it a thing. A thing is introduced in the middle <laughs> you mean of the film. Uh, no, no, uh, the
1: Oblivion robot? <laughs>
0: yes. We introduce this Oblivion robot whose sole purpose in existing is literally to deus ex the next film like it's it's basically a thing that shows up and goes like we want to give you a sequel and i will teach (laughs) you all the sequel things that you need to do the sequel movie like it's
1: it's it's bad it's bad it's
0: sort of criminal Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 418 with our review of Independence Day Resurgence. I'm Christopher Schnasey.
1: I am Carson Patrick.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we have sent off our distress signal. It has been received through deep space. And we are bringing you a destructive review of the sequel to Independence Day Here it is, Independence Day Resurgence. How are you doing today, Carson?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm hoping that I won't have any mathematical errors to uh, give you this episode, because I was (laughs) told last episode that uh, my math on finding Nemo's release date was a little shoddy. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty funny. I said that it would have been 16 years since uh, Finding Nemo. It's only been 13. I don't know where I got the extra three years.
0: Yeah, and the three years is what it felt like to watch that movie. Am I right? Oh, oh, just kidding. But it was, pr-
1: <laughs> it was pretty funny though that I said, or I was told I said that you know uh, it was 16 years, and you were like, oh really? And I was like, yeah, 2003, and you were like, uh, hello, like, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh yeah, we failed on that one. Or I did for sure. Um, but but hey, you know what? At least it wasn't. Jodie Foster has only directed one other movie. I'm just saying. At least I didn't <laughs> fail that hard. But I'm sure Stephen was sitting there going like, "Use a calculator, you <laughs> fool!" Like, I mean, f- it, I it, f- 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 taught robots <laughs> how to fold socks, and you can't even count the years between the Finding Nemo movies.
0: Here's the thing, though. I mean, r- really, your point was just that it's been greater than 10 years, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> been a while, for sure, yeah.
0: yeah e- e- if you would have said accurately it's been 13 years, I still would have been like, oh,
1: damn, that seems like a long time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it definitely was a, a long amount of time between between the movies. Yeah, so, so, I mean... Just like this movie. Yeah. It's been a long time. And... I know for sure it's been twenty years exactly, <laughs> since the first Independence to Day. 2016. Ninety-six. <laughs> That's been twenty years. Like that one's easy. <sighs> don't have to. Don't have to think about that one too hard.
0: Yeah. So, so let's just say that you've you've made up for your mistake on the last episode, and yes, and now we're ready to proceed forward.
1: Yes, I made up. We now know it's been twenty years since Independence Day, the first one. <laughs>
0: well uh speaking of the first independence day are you, are you a fan of it
1: uh of course yes uh i i mean I think that movie is one of the best summer movies of all time like uh I think it's just a perfect storm of of uh popcorn entertainment i mean i'm I remember very fondly going to see Independence Day in theaters. Uh, my dad took me, my friend, Mike Gonzalez, and he totally pussied out during the <laughs> scene where they <laughs> cut cut open the alien, and he talks through Dr. Oaken, um, which was hilarious because he had already seen the movie and had told me beforehand that that was the like scariest moment, and... So he was seeing it the second time, and when that scene happened, he was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. It's like, oh, you're <laughs> not hiding anything, bro. But uh, yeah, I remember totally going to see it at uh, the Pacific Theater's Carmel Mountain. What up? Um, yeah, that was... I'm sure if you asked me at the time, uh, you know, around then, I would probably say that that's my you know favorite movie. That or The Lost World. Anything with Jeff Goldblum, really.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I remember, too, um, I remember uh, after that movie came out, it, later, the I guess it was the following school year, uh, or no, maybe it was during summer school. Anyways, I remember standing sitting on the back of a golf cart, driving around a campus, holding a megaphone, repeating the speech that the president gives at the end of the movie, <laughs> through the megaphone, just because... Uh, I had such a fond uh, memory of of the film as a whole. But, yeah, I mean, the, the film is great. Uh, I had a, an amazing time with it. I loved the campaign for it back in the day. Like, oh, yeah. On the second, they arrive. On the third, they attack.
1: On the fourth, yeah, that we was, fight back. Well, like, uh, yeah, that was the other thing, too, was that you saw that trailer or – Really, the first thing was the Super Bowl ad of the White House blowing up, and you're like, oh shit, like, I gotta see that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that, like, it was a, you know, back when, you know, you couldn't watch trailers beforehand online, uh, and seeing that for the first time was definitely attention grabbing.
0: Yeah, like, it, it was. From what I remember, like with with the big disaster movies, this was the one that was sort of the most interesting. Had the most going for it. Uh, the story was the most compelling. It wasn't just like random shit from space rains down and destroys Earth, or it wasn't, you know, like uh, <laughs> other other similar things. Um, what what was the shit that was happening in twenty twelve Was that just global warming? What, what, what? <laughs> that
1: was just the Mayans. <laughs> said oh, yeah, that. that's right. No, it was like the it was like the the Earth's core like overheated or oh, something no, it like
0: stopped spinning right something like yeah, that yeah 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 it stopped yeah. spinning yeah or no wait was that or was that the the, the tomorrow um what's the movie the day after tomorrow oh. was that the one where the earth stopped spinning
1: well or the, the core day after that- tomorrow was global warming uh 2012 I think it like heated up and then was it the core the one with Aaron Eckhart where they have to go into the
0: yeah yeah that's the, where it would stop spinning because they were trying to detonate it, nukes in the core yeah, 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 using a ship that was made of <laughs> yeah. unobtainium.
1: <laughs> yeah to to restart the earth's uh they were drilling into they
0: were drilling into the earth's mantle using hillary schwank's teeth
1: <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> I didn't remember they used the whales the the whales helped guide them uh down out of the ocean or whatever I think they helped them. Like it was like a it was like a callback I remember cuz when they start drilling into the ocean someone has a line like oh the whales and then at the end they help them get back up I don't remember I just remember it's, there was whales involved
0: Well a- anyways my, my point still stands that the Independence yeah. Day was sort of like it it was it was the disaster movie that had the most going for it I mean it had Will Smith in it who was like super huge at the time and uh or I guess was that before he was super huge I just remember well
1: it definitely cemented his hugeness. Yeah, either way yeah.
0: he's like a very charismatic actor and he was uh he was very fun. Jeff Goldblum was amazing as always. Um and it really was just a film that I mean especially at that time I was really big into aliens anyways like I had like printed out copies of Project Blue Book and like was always trolling <laughs> like look, looking at like any sort of conspiracy stuff that I could get and uh it was it was one of those things that it just really jumped on with me and was really interesting concept, and I was very excited for it. And then when it came time for this movie, I mean, my nostalgia for the first one was so strong that really the first teaser where you just have the cars driving and then Jeff Goldblum goes, oh, my God.
1: Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I was that, definitely... That was it for me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely responded to that. I was still wary because I... I don't know, like, the this whole time I'm still like, oh, they made a sequel. Like, it still feels weird to me. Um, and so I was kind of indifferent on it going in because I, I, I wasn't really expecting to be completely wild, but I was, like, kind of hoping that it would just be awesome. Like, I'd get that nostalgic feeling again. But uh, it I don't know, like, I... I still feel, even now after having seen it, like it doesn't feel like it's a, like it's a movie that exists. <laughs> I guess because it just has come so far after the fact.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into it because I I have some things about um, what the film was trying to offer that I want to talk about, but it'll sort of be easier to talk about if we're just already talking about the film. So I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer. For Independence Day resurgence, and then we're gonna come back and give you guys a review. I can't believe it's been 20 years. You're still gonna take a father to the anniversary. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him
1: this day in 1996 the world escaped the clutches of extinction
0: your father was the bravest man I've ever seen we all lost someone we love but in their sacrifice we found the technology to build a stronger and safer earth because our survival is only possible when we stand together
1: call why are they screaming they're not screaming
0: they're celebrating they're coming back it has its own gravity what goes up must come down shouldn't we be nervous um yeah
1: our whole lives built up to this moment it's Touchdown over the Atlantic! Which part? All of it! Make them pay. Not going out there to make friends.
0: We've got to remind them Earth is not for the taking. All oh, fighters, the debate, I had years to get us ready. We're going down! We never had a chance. We didn't last time either. We convinced an entire generation that this is a battle that we could win. We sacrifice for each other, no matter what the cost. And that's worth fighting for. It's the 4th of July, so let's show them some fireworks. Hold on! They like to get the landmarks. Okay, so that was the trailer for Independence Day Resurgence. Basically, it's been 20 years since the uh, the invasion that we fended off by finding the secret weak spot in all the ships and destroying them. And it turns out that uh, one of the ships that, I guess, landed at some point in time during this attack uh, was setting off a sort of distressy beacon and broadcasting the president's speech <laughs> to, well, the, the... to the home yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh
1: something like that
0: and some really pissed off aliens in an even (laughs) bigger ship uh, make their way back to planet earth and definitely bigger than the last one uh yeah luckily for us in the time in the last 20 years we've been able to i guess reverse engineer the alien technology and build up our forces to hopefully be stronger and ready for this invasion but maybe this time we're
1: not going to be ready enough well, like, as the tagline suggests, we had 20 years to prepare, so did they. <laughs> Which, did they really have 20 years to prepare? I don't
0: think so. See, see, it would be great if you just intercut uh, the trailer for this, and then the trailer for um, London Has Fallen, and, and then Jeff Goldblum's like, we had 20 years to prepare, and then Gerard Butler's like, it's not enough. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so, so obviously, you didn't like
1: this film? This movie... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I think that everyone who said that Warcraft was a Battlefield Earth-level disaster should take it back, because this movie makes Warcraft look amazing. I think this is easily the worst movie of the year. At least... Well, I wouldn't say the worst movie of the year, but it's one of the worst things that I've seen in a while like in terms of just being extremely sad and depressing and i i I do think that it it hits the i wouldn't say it hits the so bad it's good um level but it's definitely fun to talk about there's a lot to talk about in this movie uh which is more to say than warcraft which was just kind of you know like 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 i like i said it was in between Uh, You know, just being mediocre. But, I mean, this movie for sure is, I mean, I don't even know. I am baffled by the lack of awareness and the decisions that were made in this movie. And it's kind of sad because, I mean, Roland Emmerich returned to direct this movie. And you'd think he'd have some kind of semblance of what made the movie great. But then also at the same time, I mean, he's kind of gone the James Cameron, Peter Jackson route and fully adapted to today's technology. And, you know, I think that the Roland Emmerich that, you know, I grew up with where he was, you know, just like James Cameron and Peter Jackson, like they were people who really utilized practical effects well, and now they've just abandoned that in favor of new technology. And, you know, while... I think Roland Emmerich can still hit the mark sometimes. Obviously White House Down was fun. 2012 has its fun moments. Um, But his, yeah, his latter films are not as strong as, you know, his earlier movies, um, especially Independence Day. I mean, but that movie is such a watermark, I think, that I will still give him the benefit of the doubt. Like even going into this movie, you know, I'll still give him a pass because it's like he made that movie and it's so fun and it works so well. And um, so that's why I think it's 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 very sad that this that this movie doesn't work so well Um, And the big I think the biggest thing is that it needed Will Smith like this movie lacks a charismatic lead yeah Um, and it almost feels like Will Smith was in the movie and then saw the movie, like a rough cut of it, and was like, <laughs> no. And they had to go back in and remove all of his scenes because it feels like every scene feels very choppy, and it feels like a deleted scene, like all strung together, like a, just a bunch of deleted scenes. Um, because it's so weird because it it it's, it's like everything and nothing at the same time. It's kind of like that same thing that I said about Warcraft where they're, they're putting so much effort into it and getting like minimal results. Um, And, and, and I did read that there was a rumor that this movie was uh, a half an hour longer because the first movie is a long movie. It's two and a half hours. And I was kind of surprised before seeing this one that it was only two hours. I was like, Oh, it's like pretty short compared, you know, to the other one. Um, So apparently the resurgence was a half an hour longer, but the studio at the 11th hour made them cut out 30 minutes. And you definitely feel that because there's a lot of scenes that are supposed to have like an emotional impact, I guess, but they're just so breezed over. I mean, I mean
0: there are deaths, deaths that happen like, in this like there's literally scenes where they they bring up a character just to remember the character oh, and, yes. and then immediately remove them from the story
1: like like no joke characters are like no and then just next next cut they're like all right we're, what are we doing? It's like they they completely forgot that like this this loved one of theirs just perished <laughs> yeah. horribly. That,
0: that character obviously has never seen like True Lies or whatever. He doesn't realize that <laughs> you can take your jet and have somebody <laughs> jump on the notes.
1: Right? Yeah. Which oh that scene was so stupid anyway because uh, anyway but yeah like <laughs> there's just like I mean like why save a newborn child? This child is is like just leave it um but but okay so there's there's a lot of scenes like that um and you know like i said it it, it lacks like a big star uh lacks the will smith factor so we kind of just this this movie kind of feels like the tiny tunes version of independence day because we get a lot of focus on the younger characters uh like will smith's son his character's son um Liam Hemsworth, uh the Bill Pullman's daughter is now grown up. Um and then and then all these other random characters like Liam Hemsworth's bro and like the Asian chick, and uh there's like a warlord guy and like some other goofy guy <laughs> who, don't need, about the who don't need who don't need to be in the fucking movie at all. And what's hilarious is uh one, this movie has five credited writers, sad. Uh and two one of the writers or two of the writers are in the movie and you want to guess what what character one of the writers was the 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 guy who is with the warlord the sidekick for most of it
0: wait like the 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 suit
1: yeah like the the like uh, the nerdy guy who's supposedly <laughs> like he follows Jeff Goldblum and everyone around he's supposed That's to be like awesome. interviewing him yeah he has like a huge role and none of it is... Like, he's not funny. Um, his character is totally pointless. And I feel like it's only because, like, he is a writer. In the movie, he gave himself this, like, meaty part. I don't know. It's just, like, there's there's a lot of... There's a lot of characters like that. And, and it's kind of a... It's kind of a common problem in the later Roland Emmerich catalog is that there's way too many characters. Like, I definitely think that that is a a flaw in White House Down. There was a lot of characters in that movie when it ju- should have just been C Tates and Jamie Foxx being hilarious. Um you know it's 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 like constant cutting back to characters that are either extraneous or that you don't care about. Um you know they bring back Judd Hirsch's character from the first movie and he gets pretty much nothing to do. He he basically babysits a literal truck full truckload full of dumb wiener kids. Oh, oh no, no, See,
0: you're, you're forgetting that they're, they're comparing to the first one. He has to drive a car slowly and explain why he's driving it slowly, and then he has to ask questions about faith. Like, that's his whole <laughs> role. He's supposed yeah, to but... shepherd other people to the faith during their time of destruction.
1: But, I mean, in the first one, he was there for comic relief. He didn't feel unnecessary. Yeah. And in this one, he only, like the like, all the stuff with the annoying children felt like (laughs) they were only there to justify Judd Hirsch coming back, like to give him something to do.
0: Or go into my David, you'll know what he's doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then, like, so, but, but, like, his character altogether didn't even need to come back. Like, he was completely... I mean, I, I'm not
0: going to lie, I like his character, and I wish the movie was, like, this buddy movie between him and Jeff Goldblum, were like... Well, yeah, was, that's how like, it was the first one, I wish the, the aliens would have come back. While they were playing chess in the park, (laughs) and and basically just read like don't don't do this thing where you try to ape things from the first movie. Just go full full blown like Force Awakens style and just completely redo the first movie, but everything is just bigger like that. That I would have been totally fine with.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean, I definitely like his character. I'm. I was happy to see him return, but. The reasoning for him returning was so, like, non-essential to the movie. Um, yeah, like, it just, it didn't feel like it needed to be there. Um, or at least give him something better to do than just drive around a truck full of dumb wiener kids. Yeah. I mean, that was just annoying. Also, also, uh, yeah.
0: he clearly didn't see San Andreas because he didn't realize <laughs> that you're supposed to drive towards the big wave.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Gosh, don't don't you know anything, uh, (laughs) Judd Hirsch? No, but, um, yeah, and and then, you know, obviously we got Jeff Goldblum back. That's, I mean, it was great to just see Jeff Goldblum back, uh, period, uh, in any movie, but especially a big movie like this. But, I mean, he really doesn't even get a whole lot to do because there's so many characters, and there's obviously more focus on the younger characters, who I, I will say, I mean... The guy, and no offense to the guy who they cast as Will Smith's son, but man, he is just a charismatic dead zone. Like, <laughs> like, some of the lines he has are laugh out loud bad. Like, I was laughing, especially during the scene where a certain loved one perished. Like, that was just laughable. It was bad. And then there was just, like, all of his lines felt very stilted in delivery. And it was just, it was like... It was kind of it was kind of mind blowing because it was like wow that was uh that that was the take like that they used okay um like it 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 was the one time where I was like I would have preferred if they had cast Jaden Smith like that like <laughs> the, I would have preferred I kept that
0: thinking at least it wasn't Jaden Smith
1: dude I would have preferred like the whole movie I was thinking how. I was like, wow, I said to myself, I was like, wow, I never thought I would say it, but I actually would have preferred if they had put Jaden Smith in this. Because what, what
0: if Jaden Smith was the one driving the tug on the moon, and when they're like, all right, let it fall, get back in the base, he was like, I cannot obey
1: that order. <laughs> I mean, for as annoying as Jaden Smith is in his all the shit that he does in his personal life, like he is, he does have a presence. He did inherit his father's gift for... Presence and somewhat (laughs) charisma because I mean I feel like you know in the pursuit of happiness he had he had presence and even in after earth like I feel like that you know (laughs) I'll be talking about after earth and those dumb accents till the end of time and I might be talking about this movie to the end of time be like remember how shitty Independence Day resurgence was like can you believe it because there's a there's just so much stuff in here to talk about because it is It is mind-blowingly bad, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if you thought the same, but uh, the the other thing that I thought of just now was that this movie had, like, no, no scope whatsoever. Like, it took place in about three different locations, um, and they all look the same. Like, it's all, like, a moon base, or they're in Area 51, um, or, it's, it's all, like, the very, like, same, like, design... And it's all like very boring because like the the futuristic designs in this movie feel very like Hunger Games, YA you know, like divergent, or like it a lot of it looks like Battleship, you know, like the new, like the jets and stuff. <laughs> like it, it has like a, it has like that kind of vibe where you're like a recycled vibe where you're like, I've seen all this stuff before, and it's all very boring and the like, grey colors and it's just blah. blah. So that was definitely not good compared to the first movie where you have like a lot of like, I mean, every set piece was memorable and, and, you know, there's, there's a sense of urgency, there's a sense of excitement and, and, and fear. And, uh, you know, because like that, that was the interesting thing is that like the aliens show up in this movie and it's like, bam, like immediate just like, Immediate destruction, they're back in full force. I mean, I, I guess you could kind of argue, like, well, they're pissed and not wasting any time to fight back, but it also just makes the movie feel like the whole attack takes takes place over the course of a day. Like, it just doesn't even feel like um, like there's any stakes or anything. It's weird. Like, I, I, I mean, compared to how the first movie, you know, they there's all that time setting up of them showing up and those awesome shots of them coming onto the city skylines and jeff goldblum talking about chess and checkmate and all this shit like that was like very cool you know and this movie was just like they land and then it's like oh let's get them
0: well yeah i mean Uh, this so this is set up to not need Like, the film is set up by the previous one. So in the the previous one, all that stuff that we like is the suspense, the questions, what are they here for? I mean, we know from the trailer that they're here to blow shit up. But, like, the the people in this area don't know whether they're bad or friendly. They sort of don't know what's going to happen. Even after the attack happens, they don't know how to fight them. And it's a big, long story of trying to figure out how they can take them out. I, going into this film, I was actually kind of in... Like, I, I kind of liked the idea of forget everything. (laughs) There's no setup needed. Basically, we've had 20 years to prepare for a possible second attack. And now that attack is happening. Like there, there was a, there was a book that I read in high school. It wasn't super great sci-fi, but uh, basically it, it, there was a similar scenario where there was these forces um, that, oh no, they they even did that in Ender's Game too. Um, That wasn't what I was thinking of. At first, but yeah, in Ender's Game, there was a thing where like the Bugger Wars kept happening on certain intervals, right? Wasn't that what was happening? I don't remember.
1: Uh, sure, you would know more than me since you read the book, and it's been, it's been a while. I, I I try to forget that movie.
0: <laughs> well, well, either way, there's 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 a sense of like space travel takes a long time to actually do so if you want to wage um a a fight and you are several you know bajillion light years away it's going to take your forces like a long ass time like the people who are currently fighting are things that you sent you know a long ass time ago and if you're sending a new wave it's going to be a large gap between when those forces come so i kind of like the idea of we got attacked once we know that's probably not their entire fleet um, so, we can expect that there'll be some sort of retaliatory, retaliatory attack to happen in the future. All we can do is build up our forces moving forward. So, I really liked that aspect of it. So, I was excited for this film to just jump in, get straight to the action, and sort of just be crazy balls to the wall, shit blowing up, aliens are here. Oh my God! Um, Stanley Tucci on the ground as stuff falls around him. Um, it, it would have been super, super awesome. Um, as the film started, I kind of was intrigued by this idea of, yes, like once we all have one enemy that – basically it's like the Dr. Manhattan thing, right? If, if there's this one force that is, is the most destructive thing in the universe – Then we as a society can come together and rally together and have this, like, you know, 20 years of prolonged peace on Earth because we realize that why are we fighting each other when there are more dangerous things out in the universe? I I really like that aspect of it, though that aspect takes up about 30 seconds of the story and then they kind of go past it. Um, I also like the idea of us having reverse engineered alien technology through the crashed ships. Like, that was really awesome. But the thing that takes away the awesomeness from that is. We didn't invent new helicopters. We just took the propellers off and added these, like, matrix fusion drives to, to, to the outside of the top of the helicopter. The helicopter still flies exactly the same way a helicopter does, but it just has alien technology on top. And the rest of it looks identical to a normal uh, thing. Like, those sort of things seem kind of silly to me. Like, they, they bothered inventing some sort of new, really cool tug ship that can fly between earth and space and tug stuff yeah. around but all other vehicles look identical to a normal vehicle just with fusion uh, generator thruster things on top that that seemed I mean, rather I, similar I, to me
1: yeah i mean i did have some of these thoughts um even though i mean none of it matters cuz it's so stupid but i did have the i did the one thought like that that i did have that i was like really because I mean, it would have just completely sidetracked things, but, uh, you know, like there's supposedly we created this satellite system around Earth to like, I guess, shoot pew pew lasers at any oncoming alien invaders. But like, wouldn't it make more sense to just recreate the alien shield like around Earth, you know? Instead of just having because like well I, the, I would
0: assume that covering the entire planet with the shield would require way more energy than we're able well, to generate I mean, ourselves it
1: could have been done I mean well, it's all well, it's it all
0: could f- it could have been done but it would probably require all of the power that's in our molten core
1: <laughs> I, I mean just, it's
0: just an, just an, an assumption
1: I know but it's all it's all like fiction anyway it's just funny to me that They are like you know. There's the scene where the president's just like fire up the satellites, and the satellites are just like pew pew, and the alien (laughs) ship is just like boom, like one shot, and they're all taken out. It's like I don't know, just uh, you know, and and the the lasers are shooting, and obviously the the alien ships have their uh, force fields, like from the first movie, but now they're now they're green and enhanced. Yeah, they're bigger. They're bigger. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there, there there's I think for the most part, the film. Could have been just weak, right? It could have, it could have been uh, Warcraft, right, but yeah, there are some bizarro, stupid ass things they choose to do. Um, we've already talked about uh, yes. them sort of bringing characters just to remove them from the story for no reason other than like th- those people have no reason to be back. Like you yeah. could you could just like accept that they're like th- so. Throughout the film, there are like even even the kids we discussed earlier when. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's dad is is asking the kids about where their parents are. Everybody just assumes loved ones are dead. Like, that's right. fine. You don't have to actually cut to a loved one and watch them die. There's no reason to do that other than to waste time on screen. So it's like those those scenes not only feel flat, but they feel artificial because the the movie is taking time to remind you about a character and then removing the character, and it doesn't really add the, anything to the story. You are just sort of like, okay, cool. Why did you even bother doing that? You could have just talk have a character talk about worrying that that person is dead. Yeah, but, and I,
1: and also specifically with the kids, the their introduction is like out of nowhere, um which which goes which goes back to the whole thing of it feeling very choppy and uh like, they're all deleted scenes. Well, well the, but,
0: the the kid showing up randomly w- was fine with me because that was that was clearly just a, a move so that the dad could do the dad thing, like, be a Jewish dad, Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, like, the way they just cut to them, you're like, whoa, like, uh... <laughs> this does not need to be here. Like, that was my immediate reaction.
0: Well, they didn't technically just cut to them. They're running out of gas, and then...
1: Yeah, but, I mean, th- their introduction <laughs> is just so out of the blue that, I, I don't know, it just again like it just they didn't need to be there
0: hey just remember that those kids are going to be the ones flying the jets in the next movie (laughs) jesus christ but no so help us the the biggest crime i think this movie commits and i seriously need to know a list of which of the five writers for this film came up with this freaking idea but (laughs) i'm coining a new term which i am calling deus ex sequel setup we basically introduce uh, we'll just call it a thing. A thing is introduced in the middle <laughs> mean, of the film. <laughs> no, uh, the
1: Oblivion robot. <laughs>
0: yes. we introduce this Oblivion robot, whose sole purpose in existing is literally to Deus Ex the next film. Like yes. it's it's basically a thing that shows up and goes like, "We want to give you a sequel, and I will teach <laughs> you all the sequel things that you need to do the sequel movie." Like it's
1: it's it's bad. It's it, bad. It's
0: sort of criminal. It's sort of criminal well, I mean, that it exists.
1: It it lends into like today's thinking of everything needs to be a franchise and it's pretty ballsy. Um I mean, you know, you see a lot of movies like like all the, the YA movies, where you're like, Okay, I know that there's gonna be another Hunger Games or Divergent or whatever. Um, but in this it's it feels especially ballsy. That they like tried to posit this as like an Empire Strikes Back in that, like a middle movie, you know what I mean? Like they tried to, they tried to set it up like that and it, it's it fails so horribly.
0: But but here, here's the thing. It, it's it's a somewhat natural progression, right? So the first, so let's just pretend like I wanted to make this this Independence Day trilogy from the first part for, for, from 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 moment one. There was a yeah. logical progression of they attack, we barely survive. We work our way up to being ready for a second attack. We barely survive that. Now we know that we'll never survive a third, so we go to try to attack them. That is a completely logical progression, and I have no problem with this film. Being here to establish a film where we cross the galaxy and try to kill the aliens
1: sure uh, yeah the
0: hive. The problem is the the introduction of the oblivion thing like yeah that is so stupid, so so stupid. like it makes sense when we re- re- or reverse engineer like if we can if we can hack the alien shield and bring it down, it makes sense that we can also use our, our computer technology to reverse engineer their technology and build right. our own alien weapons. That doesn't bother me one bit. Hey guys, this is Christopher, and I just wanted to let you know that uh, we sort of went off these spoiler rails in uh, the next few moments, and from then on out, we kind of just said F it, and went off the, to the races. So, if you're listening and you haven't seen the film already, you probably want to maybe pass on the next section, basically, spoilers, we didn't like the movie, Um But, uh, yeah, for the rest of you guys who want to keep listening, uh, enjoy. What bothers me is something else showing up that goes like, oh, I like what you did with those weapons, but we have weapons specifically designed. (laughs) And spoilers, I guess.
1: (laughs) I mean, who who cares? I mean, it's really not anything spoilery. Yeah, I, I just feel like
0: like literally inventing a thing that simply has knowledge of things that are stronger than the things you already have. Like that's some Dragon Ball Z level shit where like well, whoever shows up is the scariest thing that's ever existed <laughs> in the universe until next season when something else shows up. That's the scariest thing left in the universe. And it, it um, it's just, it's,
1: well, it's funny. Cause you know, uh, uh, Brent Spiner, Dr. Oaken, who's also back has the lines, you know, where he's just like, Oh, not so primitive after all, you know. Because like the <laughs> he thinks that this the Oblivion robot is is basically calling humans stupid. Well, you mean, know, the, the human ra- the human races are idiots.
0: Well, I mean, well, they, they, they just because say just that, because though.
1: of the technology, yeah, because of of like this Oblivion robot has knowledge and access to technology that's far greater and blah blah blah.
0: Here, here's here's the other problem, right? And I mean, this is this is full blown. Like, we're, we're it this is beyond spoilers. This is like like a theory crafting in this universe. But so the Oblivion robot mentions the fact that the Oblivion robots in general have long ago moved from fleshy bodies to digital only bodies. Right. 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 Yeah. Yet they say that the aliens that have been attacking. Um, the humans the last two times uh, killed all their people, but if they're all digital, w- couldn't like aren't the people still? They're they're just consciousnesses, conscious consciousness <laughs> in, in
1: consciousness. I don't know.
0: You know, like they're just consciousnesses in in digital waves. Like why? Well, did, they're
1: they're oh. they're all Johnny Depp in Transcendence. <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but like rather than appear. to appear to the earth in a way that makes it seem like it could be a hostile hostile alien. Why not just, you know, transmit into the computer (laughs) that is earth and talk to somebody like maybe Jeff Goldblum.
1: I, I really don't know because like the whole introduction and execution of the oblivion robot feels very out of place And weird because, again, it it goes back to, you know, just the the look and production design of the movie feels very recycled. So when that robot shows up, uh, the first thing I thought of was, oh, oblivion. And, you know, it's just it kind of takes you out. And it's definitely the way it's handled is 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 weird because it just it just doesn't feel like it fits, which is kind of the overall theme of this whole sequel. Like, it just doesn't feel like it needs to exist. And it existing doesn't feel like anything. Like, it just, it's just there. Like, and and that's why I think it kind of is a detriment that it was released so long after the first movie. Because now it's like, I don't know, it just feels so after the fact and unnecessary that it's like, oh, okay, now we want to try and make this, this, uh, this into a franchise yeah. yeah when it, but, when it didn't it, it, need to be.
0: But it goes beyond that because what's stupid about it is this thing professes to have knowledge of technology that will allow us to defeat the aliens moving forward, but it itself has no weaponry. It's just this yeah. ball that is super vulnerable to the aliens. It just has all
1: this information.
0: Yeah, apparently the weapons technology they have is super great, but it can only be operated by fleshy body beings. <laughs> and because they've transferred <laughs> yeah. all their consciousness into <laughs> these mechanical orbs, they can no longer operate the weapons. Like, it does, doesn't doesn't make sense at all.
1: I mean, not that it shouldn't make sense, but it's just stupid from, from the get-go because, like I said, it's distracting. But then, so then... Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say other than... I, I mean, I was going to bring up the... That robot and it just feels it just feels extremely out of place um and yeah obviously like the setup for the sequel that probably won't happen since this movie didn't do buku bucks at the box office this past weekend
0: how is it doing in China by the way because there's some <laughs> some wicked Chinese product placement
1: in there it, it, yeah it definitely, it definitely falls victim to the uh, let's cater to Chinese audiences I mean I feel like A lot of obviously a lot of movies are doing that nowadays. I feel like something like The Martian incorporated it pretty organically. Um, but this is just feels so blatant, like why, you know. Well, I
0: think it's really what's really crazy too is some some of the product placement, like I don't think most people will even recognize it as product placement. Like when they end their call and it's like, thank you for using QQ, like no one's going to know what that messenger service is like.
1: Well, it's... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, is that a real thing? Like, Yeah, I guess yeah I, it's a real thing. I mean, I guess, like, if the you know, if you live in China, then maybe that's – but, like, that's – but that's the thing is, like, they did that specifically to cater to Chinese audiences because yeah. they know that they can make big money there. Um, and it's funny because they did say that, like, they were hoping that the international dollars would, like, save them, but – I mean, I feel like that the budget on this movie is so high and the, the, the reception has been so low. Um, but yeah, like, but, but like I said, like that character, the Asian, uh, fighter pilot girl, like she, I mean, she's barely in it and I guess she's a big star in Asia, but like her presence again, just feels so unnecessary. Like, it, it's another character that just could have been completely erased altogether, which is the same for uh, Liam Liam Hemsworth's, like, uh, bro, who's, I don't even know what he was good at, picking up stuff with the little tug hands. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad. But basically, this so this, this movie's only made $44 million domestically.
1: Right, yeah. It came in second this past weekend.
0: Yeah. That's just rough.
1: <laughs> and and what's funny is that. Um, so the other thing that I that that's funny, at least to me, or I guess that happened to me, was. Uh, so during this movie, I had another Victoria situation where it was so bad the projector just gave up and died. <laughs> it just could not handle the the crapness anymore. Um, but instead of, like, the final ten minutes of Victoria, the projector literally died with ten seconds to go in this movie. <laughs> like, and we didn't... But we didn't know at the time, because we were just like, oh, like, w- we obviously knew, like, it was pretty obvious that the movie was wrapping up. And But I was like, well, there could be, like, another, like, two or three minutes, maybe five. Like, I don't know. Um, but it w- it was we both started laughing really hard because like, it was like right at the end, Dr. Oaken's just like, Oh, Hey David, we can go do the bur-. And it just froze. And then <laughs> we're like, okay, laughing. And then it just completely went to black and everyone, I think just kind of said F it and uh, left. But, um, so we decided to, to, to walk into another theater that was also playing the movie And so we rewatched the final 20 minutes, which is hilarious because I was like, I was like, oh, final 20 minutes That's going to be so much. But it's it's the entire third act is only 20 minutes, which is kind of amazing. Like it goes by. That's how how quick it is um, and how much information is is packed into that. Um, So we rewatched the final 20 minutes and then realized that there was only about 10 seconds yeah. Um left of what we missed, but I'm glad we we saw it because we got to hear that that final line uh, that Dr. Oaken says of let's go kick alien ass and it's like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> um so anyway, well, we got to we got to see the sequel set up, you know, that that'll never be.
0: Well, I will say this though. I mean, you are definitely going to 100% disagree because you already are, but uh I actually very much enjoyed the 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 queen. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I enjoyed it by then because it, it 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 had gone so far into just bad that it almost came back to being like by then I was I was just I was laughing nonstop almost because I'm like but, okay I, fine I'll go with that.
0: But I I think it's genuinely interesting visually. I mean it's it's the middle of a salt flat and it's bright as. F- so there's no, like, hiding weird CG. Like, it's all there and on screen. And I think the scale that it presents of of, of this, like, chase between, like, basically a school bus and this giant hulking creature, um, I thought was super badass. Uh...
1: I mean, it's cool in theory, but, I mean, uh, that that alien creature was it was pretty bad it was like godzilla level bad cg
0: i don't think so i thought it was i mean it looked like a video game but it looked like a super rad moment in a video game
1: i mean it just it just looked it it kind of just went into all the other cg in the movie where it just it felt depressing because of how great the aliens looked in the origin in the first movie you know how how awesome they were those those practical aliens were. And and I don't know, just seeing them in CG form was just kind of lame. I mean, it, it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like old Yoda versus digital Yoda in the prequels.
0: Yeah, but I'm specifically just talking about, like, you couldn't do a practical version of the giant queen. I mean, you,
1: you could, but... I, I See, I think that this movie could have been very successful, even in its... Um, uh, e- even without Will Smith if if it had come out like three or four years after the first movie like if they had done a Lost World scenario where Jeff Goldblum got promoted to the lead because Will Smith decided not to come back or whatever yeah. like I think that that would have been totally awesome and having him just do his thing and sass everybody about how they're so stupid for you know, wanting to same make the same mistakes twice and et cetera, et cetera, that would have been great. Like I think that there was definitely a, a sequel definitely could have been done, and I think that just waiting this long was not the right move. I think you know, deciding to make the sequel now, I think they should have just left it alone. Well, I think if they would have pulled
0: a Now You See Me 2 type of thing where Jeff Goldblum shows up as his character for an Independence Day and runs into his twin brother, who is Dr. Ian Malcolm from <laughs> Jurassic Park, <laughs> and they have to problem solve together. Well, then that would have fi- been. To figure out what the, 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 the uh, oblivion orb is.
1: That would have just been 90s fanfic. So much jizz right there. Um, but yeah, like, I think that they're. I mean. Jeff Goldblum uh, does have, I legitimately loved and laughed at the moment where he's about to drive the school bus and some dumb wiener kid has to go save his dumb wiener dog. Um, And he's like, really? Okay, we're going to save the dog? Like, it was the perfect Goldblum delivered line.
0: Yeah. He's Um, great. He's great.
1: Yeah. And that was, and I mean, even in the trailer, you know, where he's like, oh, they like to get the landmarks and stuff like, like that, you know, that those are things that made me kind of excited and hopeful that the movie would be somewhat okay. Um,
0: I, I will say this, this, this movie's biggest problem is that he did not say must go faster, must go faster.
1: I'm surprised he didn't, to be honest, because you know I'm surprised, there he didn't recycle <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't recycle that. I'm um, surprised he didn't recycle that, or you know the oops. You know I'm surprised yeah, they didn't. Yeah. I mean this I guess this that... time without the oops
0: should have been. Yeah,
1: sad. I'm. I guess I mean I guess Jud Hirsch called the kids a schmuck and a putz. Like he brought that back, but I don't yeah. know. Like uh, I'm surprised there were there weren't more recycled lines. Like there was. Um, the kind of recycled line where, you know, his, the Will Smith son said, how about that for a close encounter, bitch? Like, or something like that. Like, they kind of re- reused that line, recycled it. I,
0: I do, though, I did like that uh they they sort of tried to copy the welcome to Earth Will Smith punching the guy with the ham sword, like, punching him. But then, like, it actually hurt him and he didn't knock the alien out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That was pretty good.
1: I mean, you know, it was just kind of... I mean, again, like, those are... And especially all the references where they were like, oh, the War of 96, back in 96. Like, that all just made you... (laughs) Just made you think, like, yeah, like, the first movie, which is so much better. Like, it was just a constant reminder. um, Which is kind of, you know, the Jurassic World had the same problems, too. Where they are like, constantly referring back to the the first movie, and you're just like, yeah, I know, it's way better. (laughs) Um... And, and you know uh I think Jurassic World, you know, that was a movie that, you know, I was definitely excited for and I thought that it had potential. And you know, there you know, obviously there had been other movies in between then, so like there was still a gap, but I think the demand was there and that there there was, you know, enough room there to make another one, and the fact that like the actors they cast were all great and so that ended up being very, you know, that was very disappointing for me. Yeah. But I mean that movie, even that movie ended up being just mediocre. Like it wasn't like a flat out disaster like this where I was just constantly wondering like why certain decisions were made and 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 why, you know, just why <laughs> really. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> just right. why why
0: <laughs> all right well on that note uh what do you say we just jump off into our verdicts all right all right carson if you're going to give this a must see i reckon with the caveat a waif rental a pass to the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it
1: i am definitely giving it a must avoid <laughs> although i guess if you're curious if you're if you're morbidly curious then I, you know it's worth watching on when it comes to hbo or something or Redbox. But uh, for me, it's a must avoid. I mean, there's nothing in this movie to recommend other than we can all hope to be as awesome and look as good as Jeff Goldblum does at his age. <laughs> That's the only positive that I can reel from from this movie. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's pretty much... I mean, I mean, in a world in which the Chinese will give this movie enough dollars to have a sequel made, <laughs> I would give it a pass. to The caveat, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave it as must avoid also because uh, that's probably not gonna happen. So you don't have to worry about that contingency plan. If um,
1: it, if a third movie happens, I would be very surprised.
0: All, all I know is that you know the studio is not gonna be smoking no fat ladies at the end <laughs> after this movie's <laughs> all said and done.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, that's for sure
0: but anyways uh yeah that is uh, probably going to bring us to the end of this episode of the spoiler warning podcast uh carson if any intergalactic people want to find you where can they do that
1: uh you can find me rewatching the first independence day and not this movie
0: <laughs> people can find me over In my home <laughs> People can find me over at Christopher in real life.com or Twitter.com slash Christopher IRL. You can find the podcast over at the dot com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash spoiler warning. <clears throat> Excuse me or facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at warning.com You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, Independence Day Resurgence, so hopefully you're enjoying that.
1: Oh, that was a, that was another thing that, yeah, the, the score for this movie was so just whatever and lame like it was, i think they use some bits from the first movie score but i mean basically not i and it's kind of sa- kind of sad because that the first movie score is very memorable um and, and like one of the best at least scores from the 90s that that i at least for me i mean i thought that that score was really great and i was sad that they didn't kind of reuse the main theme for that yeah so, uh, once again, another another blow, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, this episode. So uh, thanks for joining me, Carson.
1: yep
0: <laughs> And Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time.